of the writer first refusal. We call the bar mitzvah. All right, halacha aleph. If you give a piece of property away as a gift, there's no halacha about the neighbor being able to displace the, the, the recipient. If we sell the property, we learn the neighbor can come and give him the, give him the, money, the money back, make him leave. But you give a gift, I give a gift to whoever I want. I want to give a gift to him, not to you. If there was a star. And the star, if you made if you ordered, you made a star to make sure that the property was passed legitimately, If the star matana says that if someone comes and displaces the guy who receives the gift, because the giver owed money to the bank, and then in that case the giver of the gift is going to go give the give the the guy money instead of the land that was just taken away, In that case, the neighbor could kick him out. Since the star, the contract includes. His responsibility to give a refund if it's take if it's seized by the by, by the creditors, it's really a sale. It's not a gift. He's making it look like a gift. For the cost of the only reason why in the star they made it like a gift, a, gift, a contract of a gift, is to try to weasel out of the responsibility to the neighbor. The common reason why now, if you pay for the property with money, and you have proof that whatever amount of money he paid, that's the money the neighbor gives the guy when he throws him out. In this case, there's no money. As far as we know, how can we prove what the guy paid? There's no, no, no amount of money in the star. Mashi shavas or whatever it's valued, that's what he gives him. How much is the property? Have it evaluated by experts and give him that money. Halacha base. If the buyer, the recipient of the gift, who's now been unmasked as really a buyer, right? He says, "Can who you're right, you caught me." But we made a trick to try to nullify the the rights of the neighbor. really was a sale. But this is what I paid for it. This is the amount of money. If you want to kick me out, give me this money. Now, the guy who is giving him the money, the neighbor is throwing him out, says, how do I know that's the amount you actually gave? Right? Especially if that amount, let's say, is large, somewhat more than the market value. The, uh, the buyer has to make an oath holding a holy article of Sefer and says, I swear that I paid this amount of money. And then he has the right to take that money from the neighbor. As would be the if he was an agent who goes and buys on someone's behalf. I make you a shliach. I say, do me a favor. Go buy this property for me. Get me a good price. And you come back, you say, I bought it for you. Here's what I paid in my pocket. Now reimburse me. And I say, how do I know you're telling the truth? Maybe you, you paid less. You can make a shvua and I, I, have, to, I, if, I, and I have to pay you because I made you an agent. So here, here as well. Has to be the money he's claiming to, 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 to get reimbursed has to be a reasonable amount. If he says about a piece of property that's worth 100, I pay 200, and nobody's not believed. Even the guy's making a shavua, but you're, 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 when you swear, you don't have the rights to use the oath to extract huge amounts of money from the person you're extracting from. It has to be a reasonable amount. Gimel. Well, he was lying. No, well, we don't know he's lying. He's, telling, he's, he's saying that this property's worth 100. I paid 110, right? Mm. So that's a reasonable margin, for example, yeah. right? But if he says I pay two hundred, and he wants to make even if he wants to make a shvua, he can't force the other person to, to, to reimburse two hundred just because he's swearing to that effect. That's a reasonable amount. That I'm saying. Now, we don't know what the amount was because the contract is written as a gift. But he's claiming he paid a certain amount. If it's more than market value, he has to make a shvua to, to, to be believed in order to get reimbursed that amount. If he's not willing to make a shvua, then presumably the neighbor just gives him the market value and kicks him out. Gimel. If the the contract or the deed right that 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 the Transfer the property with. It says over there, uh, as a gift, I accept upon myself, I the giver, except 
accept responsibility that if the guy receiving the gift for me, if the property is taken away from him by my creditors, I'm going to give him 200 zuz. The property may be worth only 100, but he's promising that this recipient has the right to 200 zuz of his money if it's taken away. Then in that case, if the neighbor wants to, wants to displace him, because of his rights as a neighbor, he has to pay that amount of money. Even though it's only worth a mana, the fact that he's rights in it, that um, uh, that, it's, that he's going to he's going to uh, give him reimburse him two hundred zuz if it's taken away, either shows that's what he paid. It's not really a gift. Or even if we know for sure it is a gift, and even the neighbor might agree. Well, actually, so no, no, sorry, no, it's not a gift. If it was a gift, there would be no concept of displacing him. So it demonstrates that this guy really either pay 200 or in any event, the seller took responsibility to reimburse the 200 and he's allowed to do so and that's his right. And therefore, if the neighbor wants to displace him, he has to at least uh, 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 give the, the buyer uh, that same right. Remember, the whole reason why you're allowed to displace the buyer is because we say if the seller is selling the property anyways, it's only tovayash, it's only the right thing to sell to the neighbor. But in the event that he wants to give an extra you know, benefit to this individual and give him the, a promise of 200 zuz, for reimbursement if it's taken by the creditors of the seller. So that's something he's only responsible to give him, not the neighbor. And if the neighbor wants the property, he has to promise him the same thing. Because uh, this guy, why is he buying the property from this guy even though he's not a neighbor? Because if he buys a $100 property from somebody else, the guy is only going to guarantee a refund of 100 This guy's is a refund of 200 So if the neighbor, want, a neighbor wants to kick him out, he has to match that refund. If in a situation where the buyer does not pay a penny, he trades the property. And the Ramam, the Pashas Pshat, the Ramam is, at least according to how, uh, uh, I guess, the, uh, the Mepharshim learn, um, that is that it doesn't necessarily mean a chatz with a chatz. It means a, even if it's a chatz with a sada. Point is, is that I'm selling a f- piece of land. I'm trading land with you. You have this piece of land. I have that piece of land. We're doing a, we're doing a switch. We're doing a swap. A king Khalipin. Aim but in that case, there's no halacha regarding having to uh, uh, give it to, give it to the neighbor first. And the reason for that is because um, uh, the, each one can say that the the the, the, um, the, uh, the, the neighbor is, is going to say you're selling it anyway. Sell it to you? Why are you selling it to him? No, I don't want to sell it to you. I want to sell it to him because he can offer me something you can't. He can offer me his his farm on that side of town, which I want. You don't have that farm. What if he sells the courtyard for an animal or for a, 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 an item, expensive watch? Yeah. You look at how much of that is that animal worth, that, that watch worth. He doesn't have that watch, but he has that, uh, that cash. He gives him that amount and he, and, he, and, he, and he can remove it. You can't tell him, no, you have to give me... Um, uh, sorry, not kama, kama. Kema. This is this is the this is wrong punctuation over here. Give me kema like what I, I bought. In other words, I bought this piece of property. The, the, I bought this piece of property with a, with a, with this with this type of watch. Give me that exact watch. I'm like, don't don't, don't give me cash. She's at home because that's just a uh, trick. It's irrelevant. The fact that he's giving the same amount of value. Now, if it was a very rare, you know, uh, Babe Ruth rookie card, that's only one of a, one of a kind. That maybe you could say, well, that the neighbor can't match. So it's not just a matter of cash value, right? The animal's an animal. This donkey, that donkey, this watch, that watch. If it's a rare thing, maybe, maybe you could say that, no, the neighbor can't provide this. Only, only this guy could provide it. So it could, be, could be that's different. All right. Hey, this is interesting, right? I sell 
somebody from across town a piece of my field, the center of my field. So I'm boarding him now on all sides. Okay, that's that's on Sunday. And then I sell him the piece next to it. And now this uh, field is one long field that I sold on two different days, but ultimately it's bordering the neighbor. So if I sold him the whole thing in one shot, the neighbor would kick him out. But what I did was a good trick. I sold him a piece in the middle. Then the next day, I sold him the piece next to it. And now I'm trying to say, well, you're the neighbor. He's a neighbor also because he had a piece of property on the other side. Ryan, how do we know if it's considered legitimate or just a trick? So here's what we do. We look and take a look. If the piece he sold him first, he idiot so he's a buris. It's a better quality or inferior quality. The point is it's different quality. The gaba is as a karka regarding the other piece of property. The buyer gets to keep both pieces because it's considered two different sales. So I sold you one piece of property, which is different than the second piece of property. When I sold you the first one, that's an independent sale. Now, there's a, between the piece I sold you on Sunday and my neighbor of many years, there's another piece of property. I can sell whoever I want. You're both neighbors, right? And therefore, I'm selling it to you. That's fine. The buyer can keep it. The neighbor cannot kick him out. Because this new guy is himself a neighbor. Because of the piece he brought in the center of the, of the original property. However, if that piece of property he bought in the middle of the field, First, it's the exact same quality as the one he sold next to it, right next to it. He's a man, that's such a trick. And therefore, the, the neighbor has the right to kick him out of the piece of property he bought at the, at the, the end. From the second. Right. He can only kick him out of the second piece, but the first one he gets to keep. Funny enough. Some, 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 some uh, freshmen seem to argue. But in any event, the reason why it doesn't work he can, he can at least expel him or displace him, excuse me, with a reimbursement from the second piece and according to some people from the entire thing, although not from the according to Rambam, is because the fact that there's identical quality is a proof it's one big field. He just broke it up in two different parts as a trick to try to prevent the um, uh, uh, neighbor from, from kicking him out. Now, everyone agrees if he sold him the first piece and did not ever send, sell him the second piece, the neighbor can't kick him out. It's only after selling the second piece that the question comes into place, is it a ruse or not, or is it a trick or not a trick? Therefore, according to the Rambam, the first one he sold him, once he sells him, that, that's finalized. The question is only on the second piece. All right, Vav. If a person sells a piece of property with a stipulation, the seller makes a condition, or the buyer makes a condition. The owner cannot displace him, the neighbor cannot displace him. You have to wait first until the conditions are fulfilled. Because till the conditions are fulfilled, the sale is not finalized. So you can't come and kick him out yet. Once the conditions are fulfilled, and then the buyer is the owner of the land, and the original owner does not have any claim to the land anymore because the condition has been fulfilled, then the neighbor can come along and try to displace him if he's able to, but not before that. Now, so, so the halacha zayin, the point of halacha zayin is, is that when, when I sell a piece of property to somebody else, the neighbor comes and gives him money and says, here, here's your money, leave. You don't view it as if I sold it to this random guy and the neighbor comes and bought it from that random guy. But it's, it's not, that's not how we view it for the most part. We generally view it that I sold it to the neighbor and the random guy is really just an agent acting on the neighbor's behalf. Why do we say that? If the buyer built and improved the property and increased its value, or he destroyed the buildings or trees and he decreased the property's value, 
Benamet Mesaka, the neighbor could still force him to give him money and displace him. And he gives him whatever amount of money he would deserve. But he's like a agent. In other words, just like, for example, we, we, we look at this guy, he, 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 we view this if he bought the property on behalf of the neighbor, and if he imp- increased the property, we give him, and let's say he invested 100, and the property went up in value 150. So we give him back his 100. We don't give him the full 150, or 125 even. And on the contrary, if he invested $100 in the property, it went up only 50, we say, sorry, here's 50, because I didn't ask you to do this for me. He's essentially as like an agent, but an agent who acted without being asked. If he was viewed as a buyer and then, and then as a person who flipped the property and sold to the other guy, you would say, listen, I'm selling the property. Whatever, I increase. I'm adding to the price. But he can't do that Is it because the... Right, he's a shliach, not a... Not, not, not a um, a, 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 a person who bought and sold. Similarly, if the buyer come uh, uh, before the neighbor displaces him, he, he buys from the guy, he, the, the, the stranger comes, the guy from across town comes, buys the property, and then he takes out a mortgage on the property, a, a, a loan, right? And then the neighbor comes along, he wants to displace him, but before that he took a loan. But the still get a metzah, and the bad metzah then displaces him. The guy who the uh, purchaser borrowed from can't come and say, you bought this property from my, the guy who owed me money. I'm, I'm taking the property for the loan. There's a lien on it. That's not true. Because again, you don't view it as if he bought the property and then sold it to him. He's just an agent. Therefore, the fact that he has, he has a, a debt doesn't impact the guy who, who uses him as a real estate agent. This is the basic principle. When a person buys when a person buys buys property next to his fellow's neighbor, he but he himself is not a neighbor. Who He's like an agent. And therefore, we, we consider him an a valid agent when it comes to improving well, the obvious, but not to hurt the person. Right. So therefore, only if he increases the property value does he have the rights to anything, but not if he decreases it. Now, this is not 100%, because we'll see there are cases where it's slightly, slightly, not this way, but this, that's the general principle. Therefore, if the guy who bought the property, who's now being displaced by the neighbor, improved the property, he invested 100. The property went up in value 200. Give him back his 100. If he invested 100, and the, but the property went down in value, because he, when he dug or destroyed trees, or for that matter, if he, on, on the, in the property, he ate the produce, and he benefited from the produce, but not because he had done him, whatever, whatever, uh, he wants a thousand, he paid a thousand dollars, he wants to be given a thousand dollars as a neighbor to displace him, the problem is, is that the property went down a hundred dollars, I'm going to take a hundred dollars off the price, give him nine hundred and displace him, or he ate a hundred dollars with the produce, I take a hundred dollars off, I give him nine hundred, and I displace him. When is it true that you take a calculation of how much produce he benefited from, then you detract that from the reimbursement? After the owner came and started a lawsuit against him to sue him, to displace him, and then after that he still ate the produce, that whatever he ate at that point is not legitimate and it's detracted from, subtracted, excuse me, from the reimbursement. I will call If the owner of the next door neighbor took a while to, to the guys to act together and he came along and wants to displace him, all the produce he ate before that, his own, and we don't take it into consideration. So here you see the idea of hearing being a shliach is not 100%. If it was a shliach, you would detract no matter what. Allah is you only subtract the produce he ate from the, from the reimbursement amount 
from the moment he, the produce he ate from the moment the owner comes and says get lost and onward. But before that point, whatever produce he ate, he gets to keep and you don't, you don't subtract it from. So for example, if the owner comes and says, here, uh, 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 I'm, I'm displacing you, uh, here's $1,000 that you paid and leave and the guy doesn't eat, eat any produce and then the, owner, then the neighbor says, wait a second, you benefited from this field $500 of the produce, I'm only giving you 500. He can't do that. He has to give him 4,000. Whether a person bought, excuse me, if a person, one individual who bought a field from two people, there were two partners who owned a field. The guy comes along and says, listen, uh, these two partners who own this field or inherited this field and they use it jointly, there's no, there's no clear division. So, well, let's say there was a clear division, but, but it was still considered a partnership. Let's say there's no clear division. Let's make it simpler. Good. He comes along and says, listen, um, you two, these two guys own this $1,000 field together. Now, you bought it from them for $1,000. So, essentially, you gave $500 to one, $500 to the other, really. So, here's $500, and I'm taking the east side of your field, which borders my field. The west side, you can keep. Enoch Hosaki can't do that. Because one purchase. Enoch Hosaki gives him $1,000 from the whole, the whole field. Enoch or he leaves him and asks to bug off. If it's the opposite, if the guy, instead of selling to his neighbor, sells a piece of property to two partners, the owner could come along and, you know, and give both of them you know, $500 each and kick him out. Or the stock, if he wants, he could. So, so we're seeing the contrary now. Sorry, in this case, it's two separate transactions. Not that he sold it to two partners simultaneously. He sold the field. He sold. He sold. Yeah, he sold um, one side of the field to one guy, and the other side of the field to another guy. But let's say it's, let's say let's keep it simple. Let's say the field. He, the, he he's a neighbor on the east side, and this guy on the west side sold, sold his field. But the north half he sold to one guy, and the south half he sold to somebody else. It's a separate tra- transaction. Right. But you have to design it in a way where both fields are neighbor. You can't say that he sold the east field to Ruvain and the west side of his field to Shimon. Because then once he sells the east side to Ruvain, when he, when he sells the west side to Shimon the next day, Shimon and the neighbor have nothing to do with each other because he's not a neighbor anymore. So you have to say the case is where, let's say, I have a neighbor on my east side, and my field, which is the, on the west side of my neighbor... I sold the north half to Ruvain, the south half to Shimon. But both are bordering the field on the east side. So now, even though there's two separate transactions, the neighbor could come along and because it's two separate transactions and give one money and displace him, but not the other. Or displace both, whichever he prefers, because it's two separate transactions, yeah. So in the first, however, in the first case, um, it wasn't the case. In the first case of Lachachas, that the guy bought the field from two different... It was one transaction, right? He bought from two people, yeah. Test. When the partner comes to remove the buyer, it says here, but it's supposed to say machar without the word loy. So machar es hasadam, just double check that. Machar es hasadam, shir shal right? So now, I'm, I'm coming to say, hey, what are you doing over here? You don't belong over here? Take your money and leave. And I'm trying to get Bezdin... Yeah, the word lay should be taken out. I'm trying to get Bezin to kick you out. So I come and I say, here's the money. Uh, take your money and go. I'm the neighbor. Now, you say, I'll think about it. Let's go to Bezin. Meanwhile, I take my property and I sell it. 
And then I go to the Bez and I want to kick you out. And the says, you're a neighbor? And I say, well, I was. I sold my property. But at the time he bought it, though, I was a neighbor. That doesn't count. You have to be the neighbor at the time when you're trying to kick him out. So, if he sells that piece of property that he has on the border, he lost his rights. I sell a piece of property to a stranger from a different city instead of to my neighbor. Now, I use a real estate agent. Who is my real estate agent? My next door neighbor. Any other the neighbor there at that point has no rights to kick out the, the buyer. Because he sold it to him. He acted as an agent. Right? Just like if the neighbor says to the buyer, I give you permission to buy this field even though I'm a neighbor, I won't kick you out. By acting as an agent, that's the greatest way of giving your seal of approval. What if, okay, so now, um, the seller, right, the seller sold a piece of property um, Yeah. Expropriates. Right. Um, yeah, so, so, the, so the, the, the guy sold the field to, yeah, so the, I sold a piece of property instead of to, to my neighbor like I was supposed to, I sold it to a random person. The neighbor came, gave him money and displaced him. Then the guy who I owe money to, the bank, came to this, this, this neighbor and said, you bought this property from your neighbor or you bought it from someone else who bought it from your neighbor, you displaced him, and we're taking it because he owed us money. So, if a creditor, right, of the, of the seller takes the field away from the neighbor after the neighbor displaced the, the, the buyer, right, so Ruvain owed lots of money. He was in lots of debt. So to try to pay off his debts, at least a part of them, he sold a piece of property to someone else from across town. Now, the neighbor came to the, and told the guy from across town, here's your money, you get lost, I'm the neighbor. Then, the original seller's creditors came and said, hey, give us the property, because there's a lien on it. The guy, the, the neighbor, neighbor can come to the, 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 the buyer from across town, who he gave money to, to kick him out, say, excuse me, the money I gave you to, to displace you, give it back to me, because that property was taken away from me. And that, that's got, that guy's going to say, uh, well, who am I supposed to get refunded from? So then that guy from across town goes back to the original seller and gets a refund from him. Whenever a creditor takes property because he's owed money, right? So if the bank comes and takes away Ruvain's field because he owed money, and they took the field instead of instead of the cash, the neighbor come along to the bank and say, "Here's the money. Give me the field." Because the just like if the bank bought the property instead of the neighbor, the neighbor could displace the bank. So so too, if the bank takes the property as repayment, the guy could displace him. Now the next half of Allah Yud Bayz is really not really relevant only to this concept of neighbor. It's really relevant to all situations where a person takes or a bank takes money because the guy was money. If the person who got the property taken away from wants to give money and get the land back, right? So the guy, so Ruvain, so, so Ruvain owed Shimon $1,000. Shimon takes the field from Ruvain because he can't pay him cash. Ruvain has the right to come back later and say, here's $1,000. Oh, you give me the land back. Right? So the idea of taking the land as repayment is not ideal. Therefore, the person who owes is always allowed to give the money to get his land back. He'd give him. Cut on a minor. We're talking about a minor who's an orphan, Mepashtus. He was a neighbor. It's good for him to displace the neighbor. 
uh, to displace the stranger. They had they used the money of the cotton to displace the buyer. Or if they think it makes more sense, let him join the other neighbors to take, take a small take one portion of it. The point is, is that Bezdin can the, can the Bezdin expel a stranger on behalf of, of a neighbor who's a minor orphan? Yes, if they think it's good for him. You doubt. Husband has a wife. The wife has property. Either it's nichse termbarzo, which is the kind of kind of property that that uh, that belongs to the husband, in which he guarantees to give the same value back to her, whether the price goes up or down. Or it was nichse which means it belongs to the wife. The husband has the rights to use it. The point is that the wife had a piece of property before she got married. Husband married her. Now he has the rights to either own it or use it. The husband has the right to displace the buyer, just like the wife could. They say, well, you're, not, you're not the neighbor, your wife's a neighbor. Make a difference. It's, he's a neighbor as well. Because whatever the wife owns is in the domain of the husband. Whatever rights she has, he has the rights as well. Now, if it's a case of it's obvious because it's really the husband's land. But the Kiddush is, even in Nechsei Malug, which means it's the wife's land, not the husband. The husband has the rights to use it. Still the husband has the right to displace the, the, displace the, uh, the, 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 um, the guy who's not a neighbor. Because he could say, I'm a neighbor. Or my wife's a neighbor. And the fact that I have the right to use her property makes me a neighbor as well. Therefore, you have no business here. Here's your money and leave. Even if the buyer made a kinyan with the woman that she's not going to bother him. The guy from across town. Amel doesn't help. The husband could say, excuse me, I don't agree. Leave. If the woman, on the other hand, waves the right. That was the first case, right? So the, the, it doesn't help. The husband says, I don't care if my wife waved the rights. I, I want to displace you. If the woman, as the neighbor, she gives the guy the money and makes him leave, as she's allowed to. She's a neighbor, right? We have a slave who is like the overseer of the business who does so on his master, kicks him out on behalf of his master. Now, again, ultimately the final say is to the master or to the husband. If the husband validates his wife's choice or the master validates the slave's choice, then we sustain what they did and we keep it as is and the guy... Uh, has to leave. If the husband or the master says, you know what, I don't agree with that, I want to let this guy stay, then in that case, the guy who's not a neighbor has the right to come back, and he must, of course, give the money back he was given, the reimbursement, and he gets to keep the land. Ultimately, the point is, is that the husband has the rights to either uphold or not uphold his wife's choice when it comes to expelling the neighbor.